Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So one might say then that uh, it is possible in this life to attain a sort of metaphysical courage. In which you are, you know, really know deep within that the most harrowing experiences that physical existence can offer are a show. So there is a poem which says, under the sword lifted high, there is hell making you tremble. But go ahead, and there is the land of bliss. Don't hesitate, see, don't, don't be blocked, don't be um, phased, nonplussed by the illusion. But you must remember that the secret to all this is not to be afraid of fear. When you can really allow yourself to be afraid and you don't resist the experience of fear, you are truly beginning to master fear. There, let me adjust my seat. That's the sound of my seat going back. This ought to be fun. Thank you. Oh shit, y'all are gone. Well, I mean, I know I've been gone for a minute, but you ain't gotta, you gotta do it, brother. Hello. What's happening? What's cracking? It is I, says me. It's been a while, hasn't it? Hello and welcome to The Whole Hard Truth. The Whole Hard Truth is brought to you by, I'll get to where I've been in a second, the DMVR Podcast Network. Search the DMVR, search The Whole Hard Truth wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we're going to be right here. I know I've said that before and I was gone. I had a little hiatus. Uh, but I ain't going nowhere. Keep your keep, keep shirt on. No reason to be hostile. Booze? I don't think it was worth booze, but you are my adoring whole hard truth family and I fuck with you heavy the long way. So if you're upset about it, um, trust me, it's it, it hasn't been easy being away from y'all. So, uh, wow. Where to begin? You know, first of all, I'd, I'd just like to say that this uh, this episode comes with a little bit well, really a lot of deliberation. I've thought a lot about this because um, with the time that I've had off and with what I've been doing over the time that I've had off, I wanted to come into this episode with intention. So I hopped in uh, in the whip and drove to a pretty special spot here in uh, my home city of Denver, Colorado that overlooks the city downtown Denver and all its frigid glory right now on this uh, cold February night in 2021 just to to get real and interface with y'all. There will be no interview on this show, and that's that's part of what this, this show is going to be about. Um, I'd like to catch up with you and tell you what I've been up to, but also the theme behind what it is that I've been doing. And... Um, it's going to be cathartic for me, much like how the first episode started. Um, 
the first three episodes. But, you know, every once in a while, I think it's important to back up a little bit and um, step away from something and take a look at it from all angles, as many as you can muster up and um, challenge yourself to to go deeper. And so that's what we're going to do. So without further ado, I give to you the whole hard truth about overcoming fear, doubt, and temptation with me, Orrin Lamena. I'm my own interview guest. Give it up. There's my applause. There it is. Well, I guess the uh, most appropriate place to begin would be where the hell you been, Orin? Oh, oh, it's been a journey. Let me tell you, man. Um, many of you may know, many of you may not, um, that I consider myself a creative. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, because yeah, calling yourself an artist, you know, it takes uh, one of the mediums and puts it to the for- forefront. Uh, so, you know, I'm an artist. Okay, what do you paint? Uh, I'm an artist. Oh, okay, so you make music. I'm an artist. So, are you a sculptor? Uh, I dabble in all the things. And Here's the here's the here's the fun thing about dabbling in all the things is that for the longest time you can hear sirens in the back I'm pretty sure but that's all right for the longest time you know I was raised many of us were raised um, in the good old American way of pick a thing do a thing and if you haven't picked a thing by a certain time um, you're missing the boat on your potential on future all of you know that, that that comes with that you gotta pick a thing you know what are you gonna be johnny oh, i'm gonna be a doctor when i grow up and they and, and they hit you with that uh in our society pretty early pretty often it's a theme and that theme is reinforced through every level of education and then you know by the time you graduate from college well if it hasn't been beaten into you at that point in time, uh, <laughs> the work world is soon to 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 redefine you <laughs> or define you, I should say, if you haven't defined yourself. So it makes sense. It makes sense to be direct in your in your focuses. But what do you do when you're a creative? Right. I've done all the things. Um, worked in the work world, uh, mortgage finance, stumbled ass backwards into a mortgage finance job. I don't even know if that that's the story for right now. Um, imagine being a young 20 some year old, 20 some year, 20, 20 something year old, and you know, trying to get yourself out of uh, a life of haphazard decision making. And you take a professional job with a temp agency as a clerk at a desk for a mortgage company, which is what I was, and no experience whatsoever working in the loss mitigation department at a mortgage company that I guess probably shouldn't be named on this on this podcast. <laughs> Lest anyone come back and be like, that's the motherfucker that fucked up my shit. No, but I take this job um, assisting initially um, a young lady whose desk it was that we were working. It was a loss mitigation department. And loss mitigation, for those that don't know, is... When you're paying a mortgage and you can't pay your mortgage, like many people have have been confronted with over the course of this last year with coronavirus shutdowns, the moratoriums that have been uh, that have had to have been put on, you know, uh, rent and mortgage collection and eviction and foreclosure. Loss mitigation department in years prior was who you would speak to uh, were you to be in the situation when you're behind on your mortgage and foreclosure is looming. So they call a guy like me and I'm supposed to work out some plan to either help you refold the, you know, the accrued debt, the accrual uh, back into your loan or help you sell your house. Or whatever. Anyway, I'm assisting on this desk. And the young lady, uh, she was actually, she was called, her name was Bianca. And uh, it was her desk 
initially and they brought me in as a temp to help her, you know, whatever file switching over. I think we were switching systems when I was hired. So, you know, converting hard files. And yes, we had computers in the nights. <laughs> yes, there was the internet in the nights. Um, but in, in, at any rate, this is 1997, 98 and, and just getting ready to roll into the new millennium. Um, here I am fresh off the block and straight into a somewhat business suit uh, <laughs> and working for a mortgage company, killing it, helping this lady get her, her desk ready, her loss mitigation desk. Well, Bianca decided that she was done with loss mitigation and, and the company that we were working for and she left and they asked me, hey, uh, you think you could do her desk? And I said, well, uh, do I still get paid when I'm getting paid? Then they said, you get more and you get benefits. I said, benefits? Sign me up. And away I went on a four-year career, four, five-year career in mortgage banking between the company that, uh, that took me on first as a temp and turned me permanent, and then the company that bought them out, and then two years in the front end in mortgage. So I've, I've done the corporate thing. I did that. And then I took the corporate thing a step further when I started my broadcast career, working for Fox Sports Network Rocky Mountain and working for 104.3 The Fan. You know, but that was that that was more me. I went to I went to broadcast school and, and came out with with a desire to. Oh, I worked in foreclosures as well. Wow. I almost forgot two years of that entire trip. Where does all the time go? Um, I worked at a foreclosure law attorney last before I took my job at Fox Sports Net Rocky Mountain full time. So I did the, you know, the workday world thing in one iteration of my work life and then um, got to do something fun and creative, right? I'm working in sports now. You start out as a as a PA cutting highlights, and the next thing you know, you're on TV. And next thing you know, shortly after that, you're, you know, flying across the country covering the Rockies, and it was a blast. And I loved the seven years that I spent on year on air with Fox Sports Net, Rocky Mountain, and Root Sports, and um, subsequently also the time that I spent on air uh, in in the sports talk radio world. And, you know, that was a different type of corporate experience because it's creative or it's leisure. And so it's entertainment it's exciting. It's different. You still got a HR department to answer to. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not quite the, the full-time creative or artist life for me, but I was well on my way and you got a burgeoning family and, you know, moving through that end of my creative professional life, which was really my first opportunity to, to be creative, I guess you could say, um, and get paid for it. And it served me well. And when that came to an end, between having an independent rap career with the food chain, um, I decided that I would take my talents to Hollywood. And that explains my move to California into a different realm of sort of the corporate creative world, uh, working on movie sets and doing locations and, and, uh, learning the end of the business that I ultimately want to be in the one that I'm, you know, pushing hard right now to keep forcing the door into, I mean, the for forcing the door open, uh, and gain access to a lot of doubt, a lot of fear, in those moments. But what I find out about myself, and I don't know how you are, but what I find out about myself is, is that I do best on the square when there's not really a plan. The best laid plans go to shit. I can't remember what movie that's from, but um, I've always felt like that. But put me in, a, in chaos and I thrive. And let's, let, let's start with, you know, overcoming fear. Because with what I'm doing now, and I will explain, I, I find myself back in situations where this doubt, latent fear is just over my shoulder. I'll explain to you in this, this podcast, for instance. I was just listening to Joe Rogan, and he was talking to one of his comedian friends, and they were talking about uh, being able to be vulnerable and who's their worst critic when it comes to doing this talk thing? And I come out of a talk radio world, so I always felt like podcasting was already suited and booted. I was ready for them. Would you believe, though, that I go into many of these conversations and uh, 
the the episodes that I've done up until this point with a tremendous amount of doubt and fear that the content will resonate with you, the listener. The, the content will be something that not only you find valuable, but something worth coming back for more. Right? So you do your best to scare up some interviewees and people to talk to that move the needle. Thank God I have two famous sisters. <laughs> but no, uh, uh, the, the the people that I've had on the whole hard truth up until this point, Brandon Crystal and my brother Akil and uh, my brother Dave, my brother JR, both my sisters, uh, Skid Robot, uh, young activists, the people that I've spoken to, their stories intrigue me. And I feel like out of that, that, that intrigue should engender some compelling content. And I, and I hope that it's done that, but I found myself in this, in this place while I deliberated on how to come back, uh, how to start the year off right. Cause when I last left you, it was young activists and, and we were talking that young activist shit. Right. And in the interim between then and now I've, been ensconced in an art installation uh, with a pretty big company that my partner and I are, are happy to be working with. And I, I can't divulge fully to you what it is, but let's just say their name rhymes with Meow Wolf. <laughs> uh, I think it's fair that we could say that we were, uh, I, I know that I can, I can let people know that yes, uh, my, my partner, Aline Rodriguez, aka DJ Skeena and I, we are business partners. Uh, we own a publishing company called Alias Who. Um, unlimited and uh, we penned a narrative that uh, Long Short was picked up by uh, this amazing I don't even know what you would call them I, I guess maximalist art for experience company they're like young Disney like young Lucas Films we landed an opportunity with them to to contribute on this Denver installation, which is providing a, a great platform for a franchise that we know is going to be somewhat Harry Potter-esque. And yeah, I'm, I'm Gucci. I'm good. Hey, hold on, bro. Hold on, bro. What are you saying? Were you saying I can't be here? Oh, yeah, I get it. I was just recording my podcast, to be quite honest with you. Am I good? Okay. I'm just sitting, literally, I'm just sitting there recording my podcast. It'll take me about another 30 minutes or so, and I'll be out of your hair, brother. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to come somewhere and look at the city and actually do it. I got my phone recording. I didn't want, I just had to make sure you weren't doing anything crazy. No, ain't nothing crazy, brother. All right, well, cool. I appreciate you, fam. Yeah. All right, thank you. Told y'all I'm a man of the people amongst the people. You're getting the whole rough, rugged, and raw of the, of the whole hard truth. The whole hard truth is I am recording to you live right now uh, from the cockpit of my car looking at the Denver City skyline. And uh, the young security guard, he just wanted to jump in and make sure there wasn't nothing weird going on. And you know what? I'll fuck with the young brother. He's very respectful. Where was I? Meow Wolf. So... This art collective uh, gave us an opportunity to be a part of what it is that they do. We took it, we ran with it, and for the last three years, uh, we've been developing a pretty robust franchise. Um, it's a story um, about a girl who becomes a wildly intricate and fascinating glitch in the matrix known as the multiverse. Now that was a lot of words that you're going to understand later, but that's as cryptic as I can be and still give away part of the plot. So for three years, we've been working on that and go time came January 11th of 2021. And we went into this facility and started putting together our, our installation and it will be revealed November of this year. And we're very, we're both very, very excited about it and the, the opportunities that it presents. So that would explain the absence in part. But another part of the absence would have to be my doubt and my fear that I could come back to my whole hard truth family uh, and give you something compelling 
if I hadn't been working the last three weeks lining up interviews, which I haven't. I've been doing an art installation. <laughs> and it's interesting when I think about it. I was referencing Joe Rogan and, and uh, his guest, and, and, the, and the topic of conversation was around being your own worst critic. Also being able to feel confident. Like, I don't need a guest. I, I've, I've struggled with this. Like, do you need a guest to do this podcast? I love feedback. I love conversation. It's, it's, it's what draws me to talk mediums. Podcasting, talk radio, I still engage. Listen to a lot of, you know, books on tape. But it's, the feedback is, you just can't, like that moment just now with the scooter, you just can't fake that. Right? And also, I'm very, I'm very, I think, self-conscious about becoming some type of windbag pontiff, even though I feel like I'm good at it. You know, I can formulate a thought and put it in line and, and deliver it, I think, with some coherence to where at least you know where I'm going with it. But would you believe that I deal with uh, doubt and fear that that type of conversation is something that people want to hear? You know, it's easy to get in these podcasts and get in the podcast world and rail on the the news of the day, right? You know, the Trump impeachment is underway. We, we are, you know, almost a month into the Biden administration era. Coronavirus and COVID-19 is still out there, you know, knocking niggas down. There's there, there's so many easy tropes to divulge about. But what I've always wanted to do with this platform is, is be as open and honest with my audience as possible uh, and give you more than just my take on things, give you a piece of me. So I wonder, is that something that's palatable? And that doubt and that, that fear, that doubt latent fear is gripping. You know, it it grabs a hold of you and, and it makes you ask yourself a bunch of questions that you might not normally ask yourself if you knew that you had a, I don't know, Joanne Reed or a Brandon West or, a, you know, June Carroll or a young activist or Skid Robot or, you know, Courtney Austin to bounce these ideas off of a David King or Edgar Johnson to bounce these things off of. And 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 an and Annie Island. All these people joined me and, and made this podcast through these episodes, what it's been into this point. And so while I know that I could get on here and pontificate, I also don't want to do that, but I do want to give you a piece of myself. So part of the absence I can truly say has been attributed to the fact that I didn't know if I could get on here and do exactly what I'm doing with y'all now. So kudos to me. Uh, I think I, I, I think I've wrestled with that dragon. And while it's not dead yet, I'm getting there. Here's another place where doubt and fear uh, came as a challenge. While I call myself a creative, and I know I'm a creative, I'm not your traditional artist other than my writing skills. You know, your boy good with the pen. And, you know, going into this partnership with Meow Wolf, my partner and I both knew She's a DJ by trade. She's also a creative, though. We both knew that, and, you know, I'm an MC by trade. A professional talker by trade, but I've never, you know, I've never painted to get my creativity off. I've never drawn, really, except for when I was younger, to get my creativity off. I edit, you know, I'm more on the film side, the audio side. Those things I do. Filmmaker, for sure. Not really applicable in this Meow Wolf space in as much as to say that it's an interactive, physical space to be. Right. If you've ever been to Meow Wolf Santa Fe, you understand this. And if you haven't been, I'll tell you. Well, let me tell you, man. Uh, Meow Wolf Santa Fe is an amazing place. And I encourage anybody, everyone to go visit it, especially during this time of COVID, because, you know, we've been so pent up and locked down and um, wrestling with our demons or not. It's interesting. I, uh, however you went in, how did you go into pandemic? How did you go into the quarantine? Because what I've been watching is, is as, as people went in, 
if you didn't do the work and the work just means being able to sit with yourself and, and be all right with that or whoever your significant other is and start asking yourself questions. Maybe you weren't asking yourself when you were busy with your work a day, uh, busy life, station to station kid, you know, kids got to go to school and you got to go to work. And then you guys got the thing. With the, right. Quarantine comes in, shuts all that down. Everyone's isolated and, and, and forced to really deal with some, some real intense shit. I've watched a lot of my friends over the course of this last year, you know, and it's crazy how we're coming up on the anniversary of when coronavirus hit and, 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 and when our lives all changed probably permanently. And so however you went into this period, I, I, I do believe it just got cultivated over unless you went in with some intention and, or, or found some intention while we were in quarantine and, and then did some, some personal work. Anyway, that's a bit of an offshoot. Meow Wolf Santa Fe is this amazing place. The reason I encourage people to go is because it it breaks the it breaks the it'll break your brain. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, the the fact that this collective of artists pulled themselves together, having tried in different iterations before opening up the house in Santa Fe, this art collective. Uh, just created a a wonder. It is an artistic wonder. Uh, it is the perfect meshing between, let's say, a walk-through haunted house and a full-on dope-ass art exhibit. Touchable art and all that. If, you, if you've been to Meow Wolf LA, make some, I mean, uh, Meow Wolf Santa Fe, make some noise. Yeah, I, I just encourage everyone to go, and I do believe that they're open down there and that, you know, under COVID guidelines, they're able to, to, to manage and give you the full experience. And this, this thing without spoiling it, it's a house built inside of a, built inside of a bowling alley. And that in and of itself, now yeah, a house built inside of a bowling alley, but it's some 30,000 plus square feet. Uh, and when I say a house built inside of a bowling alley, it's not just one, you know, regular standard house it expands out because the story that's attached to this house and the story that's attached to this house here's the, the the cliff notes uh the story attached to this house is about a family of psychics who blow themselves out of this reality but they leave imprints of their lives and their memories and and the things going th that were going on to get them to that level all over the walls and it expands and you can walk through the refrigerator and slide down a, you know, uh, a slide that goes through the, it's like going through the looking glass. It's, it's like a Alice in Wonderland meets uh, the Waltons. Yeah, I said the Waltons. None of you people know what the Waltons are. You're like the I just dated myself like a motherfucker. Let's go. Alice in Wonderland meets uh, full house. Just, you know, different type of family. The two little twins uh, that play one little girl are both there on display and their heads are spinning and green shit spewing out of their mouth. No, it's not the exorcist, but you know, it's, it's trippy. I got introduced to this meow wolf world and I was just smitten. And I, uh, between my partner and I, we did everything that we were supposed to do and could do over the course of the last year to make sure that we were involved when Meow Wolf Denver opened. And I'm proud to announce to you, yes, 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 I am proud to announce to you that November this year, you're going to get to check out what our vision is. And the elevators and, and, and franchise that we've built behind the story that we've written will stand, stand the test of creative time. And I'm very proud about that. But I'm not a physical artist. And what they needed us to do to represent this magnificent story that we wrote is take a a story and turn it into a physical place inside of this facility. And we did that. Four different iterations, many different plan changes, same story, same storyline. We murdered it. I, I, I don't even know any other way to say it. I'm so proud of us. But my point, though, is, is that we had to do the work. We had to go in and become or do something. And I'm laddering, not in years, like I'm not dying anytime soon, but yeah, I'm uh, advanced in age and what they say about old dogs and new tricks. And and I found out more about myself. Like I love, I found out I love, I knew this already. Like if I was going to do any job, I was telling you guys about my job uh, uh, sort of path before I got to my full-time creative self. 
And the jobs that I always had that I loved the best were the ones where I was working with my hands, working renovations with my, shout out to my homeboy, Jeff Yazel, working renovations with his dad, changed my life. Like you, there's something about an honest day's work. Reshingling roofs, I did it. Build a house, did it. You know, and 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 live my construction. And I always, I always knew, even when I was, meandering through life not really killing shit uh you know wayward son you know half gang banging you know failed dope dealer uh pick up a temp job when you can get it you know going and doing things that i had to work with my it was always rewarding backbreaking work is rewarding because it's a it's a task it's a task and and you get to see it through to completion and there's not a lot of bureaucracy involved in all of that did you drive the nail properly or did you know what's the story that i love how uh if you, any of you guys listen to alan watts he tells a story about um this farmer who uh this is in china uh, this farmer uh, is looking to bring on someone to help him around the farm and he hires this guy um and every task that he puts the guy to he kills it so he first he's like you know what i need you to go out here and i need you to mend this you know 30 miles worth of fence and, you know, the guy's back in, in an afternoon, the fence is mended. And he's like, okay, well, you did that. Then, you know what? I need you to come over here and I need you to, you know, fix up this corral so these horses don't get out. And he leaves out for the day. He comes back, the corral's fixed. And he's like, well, you know what? I got a, there's a hole in the roof. And, you know, I, I, I need to have my, you give the guy an afternoon, he kills it with the roof. And he's like, this man is just amazing. And he's a potato farmer. And so he's like, you know, I got something that I'm going to put you on. Uh, I, I need you to, Look at these potatoes. Now, some of these potatoes will go to market. Some of these potatoes go to the house because uh, they're not. And some of these are spoiled. They're just not good for anybody. So I need you to just separate them into those those three different categories. The ones that's going to the house for consumption for the family, the ones that are going to market, and then the ones that we need to throw away. It goes away uh, and, and, and the guy comes to him later in the day and he, and he says, sir, I quit. And he's, uh, he's like, well, you know, you can't quit. You can't quit. You're the best worker that I've ever had in my life. But, you know, I'll, I'll double your pay. And he's like, ah, no, I, I can't do it. He said, no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll trip your pay. I'll give you whatever you want. And the guy says, no, you know what? There's not enough that you can pay me, you know, with mending fences or, you know, fixing roofs, you know, uh, that, that's rewarding work. But this potato counting business, this potato sorting business is just decision after decision after decision. It's, you know, it's it, 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 working with your hands is, I found out over, you know, we built, anybody who's been to Denver that understands what, what, or is from Denver will understand what I'm about to say. Casa Bonita. We built some Casa Bonita shit. Me and this little woman is all a five foot nothing. That's my homegirl. That's my ride or die though. We built this with our hands, with, with a lot of help from a lot of dope people. You know, uh, I cannot stress to you um, how good it feels to put something in someone's hands and, and watch them give it the same care that you would give it and maybe even more so. Shout out to my homeboy, Alex Palmer. Shout out to, uh, you know, Patrick McGregor and, you know, nice people that came through and, and stepped up. Ariella Asher. Shout out to people who came through and stepped up and and lent their creative skills to to this thing that we're building. We did some we, we did some Casa Bonita shit. I mean, the shit's perfy. It's dope. But I didn't know that I could do that going in. I don't know if I believed that I could do it myself going in. You know, we're only given so much budget to work with um, to to procure these services and the, and the things that we, and, and the materials that we needed to pull off what we wanted to pull off. And we didn't just want to do some, you know, paltry shit. We shot for the moon. Now, whether or not we hit, whether or not we Elon Musk ourselves, I guess we're soon to find out, but I guarantee you this, we at least going to land in Kansas. I kid because I care. We killed that shit. But going in, like, have you ever been there? Have you ever been in that spot where you, you know, you're, uh, you know, especially if you've done something for so long or you haven't done something at all. You've, you, you're accustomed to, and, and, and the shift's gear like that, that doubt and that fear. Can I do this? 
can I sit here, for instance, without a guest and still deliver some compelling content? Can I actually take the vision in my mind and with my own hands, because I don't have the budget to pay 30,000 other people to do it for me, with my own hands, build this thing? Can I do it? I know my homeboy, Brandon Spano, um, Adam Mares, like the, 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 the people who built the DNVR podcast network, podcast network, excuse me, know exactly what I'm talking about and exactly how that works. You can't, you, you'll never know until you do the thing. It's a fucking trip. It's mind blowing. Like what, the, the, what are your coping or strategies, your coping skills or mechanism or your strategy for doing something you've never done before. And, and therefore everything is, is, is uncharted, all the waters, all the things you haven't done any of this before. Doubt and fear can creep in real quick. And although I've sat, you know, it's crazy. Cause you know, when I'm linking this to, can I sit here and, and deliver you content? Can, can I overcome my self doubt in the conversation? You're not going to see, I'll tell you this. None of y'all will ever be uh, a bigger critic of me than I am. It's impossible. I'm I'm my hater. And so, you know, I struggled with that. And, you know, I told Adam, <laughs> I told Adam, I was like, listen, man, I got, and I had a couple of interviews, lock, you know, lined up to, you know, we, I, I don't know. Sometimes like when I think about this podcast, I don't want to focus so much on the world. I want to focus on us. We make up the world. And when I say the world, I guess I'm talking about the world on TV. Because far too often that can, that can, that, that can quickly take over and you're trying to find guests to match subject. Well, I had a couple guests lined up for the, for the pod and, you know, with this, uh, and they're all going to be sort of politically, you know, leaning. I'm still going to have them, but, you know, people had to postpone. They got, you know, professional things they're doing, especially with the Trump impeachment. This was just the wrong week to try and record that. And so I went in like, uh, you're going to have to do this one solo dolo. And I'll be honest with y'all, I got stage fright. I'm not good enough to sit and talk to these people. But I know that this is where I'm supposed to be also. Here's another place where doubt and fear and uh, have gripped me, at least, is that I don't want this to sound. I know that deep within me, there's a message. I do it in my writing as an MC, um, as a screenwriter. There's, a, there's something inside me that I need to continue to birth. At the earliest stages of my artistic, my creative career, when it was writing rhymes, it was always about trying to be, you know, deal with this catharsis of, you know, having lost a parent, both parents. That was always kind of, you know, a theme in inside of my, inside of my music, you know, and and I shied away from, I think, a, a greater message often because I come out of a Christian background. So there was a long time when I was a when I was emceeing, I was, I felt an internal pressure to be rapping for Jesus. If I can keep it a buck fifty. And I've since, you know, obviously come to different revelations and uh, um, uh, of my own, I don't know, construct. And, and, and made my peace with that. So, it, but then, champion sound, killer black, then, Good old Mr. Hooks then, it was it was a struggle. Again, doubt and fear. Hesitation. Because, it, you know, when you look in the wild, you see an animal in the wild, what's the first thing it does? Freeze. Now, that's a defense mechanism. Assess the situation. Don't move. If you don't move, the hawk can't see you. You know, it's a defense mechanism. But at the same time, as a metaphor, freeze. Hesitate. Not break, not run. Rabbits run. I got rabbits out in front of my house all the time. When I when I come out front, they're chilling, they're chilling, they're chilling. As soon as they see me, they're well, they'll freeze though first. They freeze. And they take off. Doubt, latent fear leads to hesitation. You don't pull the trigger on probably recording a podcast that I could have recorded to you or for you three, four days ago. But I literally spent the last three 
four days back and forth with myself after uh, my last interview canceled back and forth myself can you do that maybe you just wait until they come back i'm like you don't wait give these people what they got to give the people what they want no you gonna wait you need somebody else to talk to or this is me having a conversation with myself you need somebody else to be able to deliver your content your content the whole hard truth i had to get real with myself What's crazy is, is that it wasn't the same type of hesitation. I didn't have that same hesitation when we're doing the installation. And I can't wait to show you guys. I really can't wait till people can visit and see what the entire Meow Wolf Denver facility is going to be about. They're actually opening up their Vegas facility soon. You know, I, I can't wait. But until then, but what I noticed is, is that, you know, they're in, you know, if you've ever worked with a friend, a close friend, it's in tight. That's when you find out what motherfuckers is up. When you're in tight, when shit gets tight, that's when you find out who your friends are. So you have these tense moments because you're both in in an unfamiliar, and I'm talking about me and my partner, Skeena. You're both in a kind of, you know, new territory. It can get tense a little bit. What do you do? Do you fold or do you flop? We flew. But I wondered. But there wasn't nearly as much hesitation jumping into that world headfirst, something like as there was in this one. And I I, I think I need to, I, I, I definitely need to look into that. Like, what, what that's all about. How does that work? Why would that be? I've done a lot of soul searching over the past year. And the universe has been kind over the past three. Carried me to a point where, you know, a lot of the things that I'm seeing people that I admire doing are being placed at my, at my feet. I attribute that to the, you know, getting out of my own way at a certain point in time, being a lot more thankful um, for what it is that I have and not so wishful for things that I want. And it's been a formula that is, I don't know, it's changed. It's changed a lot about how my life's been going. But that, that hesitation, that, that that fear that really catches me in these moments, you know, sitting and talking with y'all. It wasn't there jumping into that. Work with your hands? Yeah, I can do that. This is what I do. Make some shit pop? Yeah, I can do that. This is what I do. Sit down, expand upon your thoughts. Give people something that they can walk away feeling better about. I don't know if I could do that. I guess we're going to find out. Because I guess some of this has to come with strategy. In this world, what matters most to me is honesty. Not this world like the big world. I'm talking about this world like the podcast world. What matters to me most is not... Because everybody's got something that they want to cover, something that they want to talk about. These ones like conspiracy theories. Well, if if you school yourself in, and I, I definitely want to hop down my conspiracy theory road with y'all. But these ones want to talk conspiracy theories. They're really into, these ones love the Christie books or mystery books. And these ones are into, you know, or this one covers politics and this, and especially now, you know, the podcast world is intimidating. I think also because it is a deluge of content. There's no shortage of content in the world, let alone in the podcast world. People are literally talking about anything and everything. And a lot of it's really cool shit. And I guess, you know, you. so, so I'm like, you know, well, I do cool shit. Well, then Negro talk about it. And hopefully offer you guys some insight as to my processes. And hopefully it helps one, two, 10, 20, 100. What are some of your coping mechanisms when, I mean, have you, what was the last thing you challenged yourself to do that was different than anything you had done ever before up until that point? That you decided, well, now this is happening. And the interesting thing about the times that we're living in is how many people would you imagine have been confronted with that? You know, when the job goes away, what are you? Well, you're still a husband, you're still a father. You're still a daughter. You're still a wife. You're still a sister. You're still a 
you know, a niece or, or a friend. But so much of what we are, so much of what we are as Americans, as Westerners, is wrapped up in what we do. It's counterintuitive. It's very, you know, you're made up of, we're, we're made up of stardust. Just being a functioning human being is more than enough. <laughs> Seriously. It's an amazing feat just getting out of your bed in the morning. With all of, you know, it, it, there's not, I can't say whether or not the animal kingdom outside of humans you know, can reason. I've seen some amazing shit on the internet lately with animals. And I think animals do have the ability to reason on levels that I don't think we give them credit for. To what extent? Ask a biologist. Ask a zoologist. I don't know. I'm just a guy talking in a car looking at downtown Denver. No. To what extent? I don't know. Do that are they are they are they reasoning? But with 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 us. There has to be, it's all reason. I was thinking about and talking to some people about, you know, and this is going to get real existential real quick, and I will try and reel it in as fast as I can. But, you know, mankind, understand me when I'm saying this, and all my, all my religious folks, buckle up. Mankind, as, a, as an organism, is older than God. Not... God, the source of all creation, God, the word God, G-O-D. And everything that any spiritual person believes ever is based off of those three words, G-O-D. But mankind is older because mankind as an organism is older than what? Language. Did I miss something? We went from grunts and clicks and discovering fire to one day having language. And being able to call maybe something that was an understanding, maybe unspoken, maybe something grunted or clicked about or written on walls in hieroglyphs. And it was at one point in time given language. It was given over to language. It was surrendered to language and then became that. And then embodied within that, you know, if I say God to a Christian, what do you think a Christian thinks about? White, bearded. Man in the sky, got a son, illegitimate, but a son nonetheless. Real uh, eccentric dude, kept long hair in the company of uh, some unsavory people, right? Comes with a whole idea, just wrapped up in a word, G-O-D, just wrapped up in three letters. There's an entire picture that pops into anybody who's been through a Christian. When I say God, is it Okay. If I'm talking to a, a Hindu, they've got Hindi. If I'm talking to a Buddhist, they got Buddha. If I'm talking to Taoist, they they got the way. But it's all wrapped up in language, right? The embodiment of an entire understanding or a thing is wrapped up in a word, and then what things you associate to that word, which are other words, other nouns. But humans are we? I mean, we as an organism, you just have to know that. And I don't think anyone could argue me on this. You're older than God. That type of reasoning is something that only plagues human beings. The that thought, deer don't care. They, in my opinion, express and give what a Christian called glory to God, just in being as created as does the grass, as does everything that men can't put their hands on and create that we experience on earth. Gives it up to the big guy in the sky or the elephant that you worship or whatever by virtue of just being, right? They're just acting within their, they don't reason with it. They don't go to, they don't form churches. They don't, you see what I'm saying? And it is in within our reason where many believe we suffer as human beings because the minute you start putting two and two together and two, and then you go, wait, this is finite. <laughs> now you're fucked. Now you're fucked, fucked. And within that, that, that 
space of, of reason is where desire comes from. Desire to know more. Desire to know less. And so just doing and being within your space becomes a challenge. Hell, getting dressed to leave the house. Well, who's going to be there? You going out on a Friday night? Who's going to be there? Are you going to get some ladies there? I'm going to my flyers. Uh, who, is it just me? Uh, how many immediate dressers are there? That you just throw some shit on to leave the house. I don't know how much, you know, I don't know if many people in the whole Hard Truth fam are just the Throw some shit on and leave the house. I know friends like that, and I wish I could be more. And I've gotten better. I'm not as deliberative in my, <laughs> in my, in my wardrobe rituals. But you see where I'm going with. All of those things are based off of reason. You, 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 we're, we're looking at the world and breaking it down in ways that I just don't know if the animal kingdom does. <laughs> so when I'm talking about doubt and fear, and hesitation what would cause you to but outside of your instincts hesitation and doubt and fear can also you know physical harm obviously it's, it's uh it, that that can be more of a biological response but for the most part you know there's reason and 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 desire behind most of our actions it's really trippy it's really trippy. It's really interesting. What would make a guy who has... I got the chops for talk. Doubt himself to the point where he... Didn't know whether he was going to come and bring you guys a podcast this week. Toiled with it, Tussled with it. I'd be interested to know... You know... Through your feedback... Like and subscribe, by the way. Like and subscribe. I'd be interested to know, you know, when was the last time? And ho- and it was probably during this this moment that we're all collectively experiencing that you might have had to entertain challenging yourself to do a new thing. And if you're 10 years, 15 years, 20 years into a career path, and it just doesn't serve you anymore. Maybe you didn't lose your job. Maybe you just got driven home and you just realized, this is not what I want for my life. Whatever is left of it. I think it would be worth getting somebody on to talk to about it. <laughs> I kid because I care. I just want to encourage all of you um, out there in podcast listener land. If you haven't done it, do it. If you haven't taken a leap of faith betting on yourself, especially in this climate, fuck it, dude. Do it. Those Wall Street bets dudes showed me one thing. They show me a lot of things. But one thing I picked up from is that nothing is the same. Not even, not even the cloak and dagger game of, 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 of playing big stock market over here while the rest of us are on Main Street. They stopped them niggas cold, right? That's crazy. The entire story is nuts when you think about it. What transpired with the GameStop short and subsequent response by some some dope-minded shout out to everybody that was part of that with Wall Street Vets. And good for you. And I and I'm gonna be there for the next one. Stick it to them again. Nothing is the same. And so doubt and fear and hesitation take on a whole new context, a whole new meaning in this con in, in this in this world we're living in. Some things have remained the same, right? My good friends over at DNVR podcast still had a Super Bowl to cover. Shout out to Tom Brady. Yeah, I had to do it. I'm gonna have to give it to him. He's the GOAT. 
I was talking to my one of my one of my partners, one of my business partners, and and one of my long term partners. Shout out to my man Norman Harris about just what it means. You know, Tom Brady. He said he's the greatest athlete in all that. Okay, hold on. You know, and I compared being a quarterback in the NFL somewhat to a golfer. I know there's a lot more athleticism in it. If you ever watched, you know, any of the Deshaun Watson, you watch the athletic quarterbacks get it done. Uh, yeah, there's been another level of, you know, Patrick Mahomes. There's another level of, you know, athlete that got added to the quarterback position, probably permanently. But, man, I don't know if he's the greatest athlete of all time, but he's definitely the greatest quarterback of all time, and that's inarguable. That win in Tampa showed it. He had a great defense behind him, but he himself, Tom Brady himself, he is a man amongst boys. I thought for sure Patrick, Patrick and them was going to put it on him. You know, I figured that my Packers were going to put it on him, but our defense sucks balls and always will. Apparently, no matter how well Aaron Rodgers plays, he can always count on his defense. And they they had a couple takeaways in that game, too. He had a couple turnovers in that game. Tampa just was, they was locked the fuck in. Seven and five at one point in time in the season. Seven and five when they lost to the Chiefs. Turned that around, didn't they? Motherfucker. Tom Brady continues to prove that I don't give a fuck what y'all think about me in your mother fucking face. You see him maskless at the end? I mean, he's defiant. He's a defiant one. I gotta fuck with him. I gotta fuck with him. How the fuck did I get on Tom Brady? You get the point. Overcoming odds. The odds were against the old man. Against the young buck. You think Tom Brady deals with doubt and fear and hesitation? You can't be that good and win that many Super Bowls. Go to that many Super Bowls, first of all. He plays with that chip on his shoulder. I appreciate you guys riding with me. You know me, quite honest. And I got something else, actually, that I'm bringing to the DMVR that will be a little more, you know, sports-leaning. I realized that, you know, you know, B. Spano did me a, a solid in letting me come on here and do what I want to do as the DMVR looks to increase its listenership and its uh, its engagement with, you know, new content and content that's coming at you from different angles and embrace that shit, sports world. You know, the NBA bubble and the, you know, truncated season that that, that, that was the NBA, you know, Lakers winning their you know, however and many umpteenth championship. The way that, you know, any player can get taken off the field um, at any point in time because of COVID restrictions in the NFL or any other sport. You guys got room in your you got room in your world for, for other interests. Anyway, I just, you know, and I found this out. You know, I started this out saying, you know, you only do the one thing. I am a creative. And the things that I've been able to have to take part in, in helping build, and the things that we're going to be releasing to you uh, over the course of 2021 are things that I'm not only excited about, they're things that I'm proud of. And they're all things that I've never really done before. And so doubt and fear and hesitation are really about to be, you know, put to the test. But 10 toes down, we thrive on the square, don't we? Whole Heart Truth fan. And as the year progresses and, 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 and more and more opportunities come to uh, go past being opportunities to solidified businesses, and, and I'll keep you up to, uh, up to date on all of it. But I, I challenge you to challenge yourself like, you know, this, you only do one thing or... You've only done one thing, so you can only do one thing. That line of thinking is just not this. It's just not going to fit in in this new era, this this Aquarian age that we're living in. This is about those who know, not those who believe. There's no room for the "I only do one thing" anymore. 
This is a world that I do generally believe is waiting for people, humans, to assume their position as the, you know, the, the Leathermans, <laughs> the Leathermans of the uh, the Swiss Army knives of, and we've done it, but sectionalized and very, you know, direct, nuanced specialization i just you know that ain't the way for me and mine's no more i promise you that we about to be all over the map literally and figuratively so stay tuned i appreciate you guys joining me for the whole hard truth look i did it i did an entire podcast with you guys not one guest it was compelling i believe we all learned something i did and i hope you did as well shout out to my uh dnvr fam uh, make sure that you search the DNVR. Make sure you search the whole hard truth wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. I will be pontificating more. Now I got this first one out of the way. Oh, there might not be another guest. Niggas is like, oh, Lord. No, I really do appreciate you. Um, and if you don't know, you're always going to hear it. If you're listening along and hard enough, because I'm going to tell you, these things don't happen without people who are interested in, in hearing uh, some blowhard such as myself. Blowhard. You be blown. Blowhard truth. I am a woman. Keep rising to the top. Out, y'all.